This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. It's You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. It is a magnificent football Monday here on You Better You Bet. Nick Costos, Ken Barkley here with you on the BetQL Network. Now simulcast by our friends at Stadium for the next two hours. If you're watching us on Stadium right now, we appreciate you and hope you and your families had great Thanksgivings and winning weekends also betting on sports. And over the course of the next two hours, we're going to get you set to bet and hopefully win Week 13 in the National Football League because our handicap of the NFL weekend to come always begins on Monday. We don't wait until later of the week, parachute in, hey, you're my favorite bets. We're going to give you all the stuff, all our thoughts, all our analysis, all the early bets today on this magnificent football Monday. And we'll get it rolling here with the Colts and the Titans on Sunday in just a second. Our friend Rick Camp will join us next hour from 4 for 4 in Bettsburgs, giving us NBA bets for tonight. And uh, like any trends, not with a Z, with an S, that Rick has noticed here in the prop betting market in the NBA. Rick is sharp as it comes, so can't wait to talk some NBA with Rick Camp. Coming up next hour, power hour, final hour of the show, we'll feature all our bets for tonight. NBA, NHL, college hoops, side total and props, Monday Night Football to wrap up Week 12 with the Vikings and the Bears. And if you're watching on Stadium right now and you want to know like what we thought of the Cowboys-Seahawks game coming up on Thursday night, Thoughts and bets in that game. Just search You Bet wherever you find your podcast, and you can find that in podcast form. All right, let's get to it. Sunday slate of action. Kenny, please bring the music up here. And Ken, let's go to the AFC South, where if the season ended today, we'd actually have six teams from the AFC South in the playoffs, which is yep. pretty amazing because there are only four teams in the, the division. The Oilers would make it too. Yeah. Well, it's like the old the old AFC Central had like the the, the Ravens were in it, right. like the old original black and blue division, sure. the, a, the AFC Central at the time, back when I first started watching the National Football League before realignment in 2001. Uh, but uh, Indianapolis, if the season ended, the Colts would be a playoff team. And maybe you're a Colts fan. Also, also your owner is an actual insane person, which we don't need to get into. So, but he's he, he's, he's, he's ursane is that we should start calling him in the brain for sure for sure <laughs> yeah definitely yeah he was a couple probably more... having some of the same stuff cypress hill was having yeah, yeah, i was so, gonna say a couple right. more cypress hill jokes to be made yeah. coming out of that <laughs> uh the season ended today the colts would be in the playoffs and maybe you're a colts fan and you think that's great maybe you bet them to make the playoffs and you think that's awesome also, it's it's horrendous that we might have to watch that team in the playoffs instead of the Bills. And, like, I'm, I don't have a horse in the fight, just like someone who likes football. I don't want to see this team in the playoffs. Sorry, Colts fans. I, I would get—if you could be objective, I think you could probably say the same thing. But, you know, they're playing really well. They're over 500. Big win yesterday against Tampa Bay, and they covered the spread also, winning that game 27-20. to 20. And this week, they travel to the Music City to take on a Tennessee Titans team, a 
able to get off the schneid yesterday because they faced Bryce Young and the Carolina Panthers, who then fired basically the entire coaching staff today, headlined by, obviously, Frank Reich being shown the door, which is no surprise if you listen to or watch this show. We've been telling you for about a month that that was very likely to happen. Uh, so the betting market, Ken. Oh, can we do something Minshew, else? Oh, quick, what do you got? Because I, I just got sent a bunch of Miles Garrett stuff. We have an update on Miles Garrett if you want to oh, do great, that real please. quick. So this a local reporter picked this up and Ian Rappaport then tweeted the same thing a minute later. So I'm guessing it all got it came out at the same time. So, I, I mean, we credit six different people, honestly. Rappaport's the one that most people follow that'll have it. So I'll read his tweet. Uh, Browns Pro Bowl defensive end Miles Garrett, who left Sunday's game with his shoulder in a sling. If people who even like heard him, he said he said he heard a pop in it yesterday, which sounded terrible, obviously. Checked out OK today. Sources say he was described as sore, I'll bet. Uh, but day to day, some good news. So I just cut like, again, this doesn't mean like, honestly, like if defensive player of the year reopen right now, and I like I already have some Garrett, if you didn't have anything, it does increase the likelihood at least that his production will decline or that like he could aggravate the injury and not finish a game or not finish the season. It, it actually creates like a really dicey market reopen because like, do you give Garrett, honestly, like, do you give him the same chance of win? Also, the Browns might lose a bunch of games coming up here and like not make the playoffs. They lost to Denver yesterday. Just it's really that that award market. It's not that interesting because it's like going to be a low priced guy, maybe Deron Bland. So it's like not like 10 guys can win. It's really this is like the most interesting update, actually, for this market, because if he's out now, you, there's like th two guys who can win, maybe three with Bland. And now it's like, well, he can still win. But like, what is this going to be the rest of the season? We also don't know if he's going to play like coming up in their next game. They play, they play the Rams in a ridiculous market uh, where they're a huge underdog to, to the Rams. So just like crisis averted, basically, if you're a Browns fan and you have any chance of making the playoffs still with a who knows who's going to play quarterback, uh, looks like Miles Garrett day to day. We don't really know what that means, but it means he's not out for an extended period of time. We know that's not true right now. Yeah, it seems like this would be like if he missed this week, that would probably be the extent of it. Um, for what it's worth, the Rams holding right now is a four and a half point favorite in the market coming up for Sunday's game at home against the Cleveland Browns, where I am expecting, not reporting this, uh, that Joe Flacco will end up starting on Sunday for the Cleveland Browns. People that are like, Joe Flacco, what do you mean? Uh, they signed him to their practice squad about a week and a half ago, was not active for yesterday's game, which is why P.J. Walker came in after DTR's concussion. Kevin Stefanski on DTR saying, quote, it's hard to say if, Stef if uh, DTR will be ready this week. I I don't know. Feels pretty unlikely to me. So uh, how about this? Not PJ Walker starting for Cleveland. It'll either be DTR yeah. or Joe Flacco would be my guess. I don't. Which think is crazy, right? Can, we we alluded to that, uh, and people on Stadium didn't hear us do this. But in the first hour of the show, we talked about the finish of Sunday Night Football last night. Zay Flowers choosing to score the touchdown at the end of the game instead of going down. If you if you go down there, then the Ravens a hundred percent win the game. If you score. And people be like, well, it's two possessions with almost no time left. Teams don't lose games like that. I beg to differ. Joe Flacco was involved in just that kind of game last year, week two against the Browns with him a quarterback for the Jets. So Flacco will actually like walks into the building and they're just like, thanks, jerk. Like appreciate that week two performance last year. Like it's so funny that he's actually the Browns quarterback now and that we referenced that game earlier in the show. Like that's, he is the living, Nick Chubb is actually the living embodiment, but he's, Joe Flacco is the living embodiment of like, don't give the other quarterback a chance. Like go down on the ground, Zay, that's, that's what Zay Flowers probably should have done. Was it Hunter Chubb that scored that touchdown? I think it might've been Kareem Hunt. 
Oh, you're right. Did I say Nick? I I, I just assumed it was Chubb because like it's the Browns and he's well, the lead guy. Well, no, because Chubb yeah. has had moments where he's gone down at the ends of games and not scored. So that's why it's in your head for Nick. Oh, that that's scored. right. Didn't he have like a famous one who? Yeah, where he went out about. Okay, that's why I was thinking about that. So Kareem Hunt is like. Wait, so so. Wow, that's so funny. It's so both. they have a running. They had a running back by committee where one of the running backs like definitely always goes down, and the other guy definitely scores, and the other guy who definitely scores happened to be in the game at that point. The, that's the, crazy. Hashtag, hashtag Cleveland, Cleveland Browns football. We'll but get what to the that Browns on Rams that game. Right. I, um, I, I don't want to like. I, I hate EPA, and I like stats. You, you also like. I, I think I've told this story before. This is like it's outdated a little bit. I I loved baseball prospectus back in the day. I worked in baseball front offices for a little bit after I graduated college, and I was so excited when the football prospectus, the first one, came out for football outsiders. And this is not like taking a shot at football outsiders. They do great work. They made a lot. Whatever. I I read the book, and it was after Eli Manning's rookie year, and their historical comp for Eli Manning was Billy Joe Tolliver. And I watched every game that Eli played his rookie year, including Sunday Night Football at home against the Cowboys in his final game, where he audibled at the end to a run for Tiki Barber to win the game. And I left as a Giants fan thinking, this guy's awesome. He's going to be awesome for us. And it was, well, the stats aren't great. I mean, whatever, the EPA, I don't know if EPA existed. I was done with it at that point. Football is not the same as these other sports. Football is not baseball in terms of the stats and the analytics. And maybe I sound like yeah. an old man. I am no. one. I'm 40. Well, no, I, I, I think just like I, like, I don't, I think there are people who preach the exact opposite side of the argument, like analytics are stupid. You know, when there's like the fourth down, go for it or like punt situations, I love that there's always stuff. the people that, right. That's what, well, that's what I'm saying. There are people who argue that like all that stuff's bad. Like the analytics are stupid, whatever. Yeah. Those people are dumb too. Like we're arguing for balance. So like, I, I do think it's gone too far because I think we all look at like the old man yelling at cloud person. Who's like, well, like you have to punt in the fourth down situations because, like, sometimes you don't get it or, like, don't kick the long field goal because, you know, like, whatever. Like, there are people who argue to kick it, who, like, are dying to kick field goals, conservative coaches. Those. And I think we all collectively now look at those people that are like, well, you have to kick the field goal. You have to be conservative. We kind of all look at them and we're like, yeah, like, do a little better. Like, like there's there are better ways to make decisions than always, like, fearing the worst possible situation and taking a little bit more risk because the payoff is worth it. And I, I love that analytics has become a part of that conversation and that we are trying to make as good as sound decisions as humanly possible. I really want to emphasize that. I love that stuff. Watch a ton of NBA. It's a huge part of NBA basketball. A huge part. Great. Awesome. Better decisions, better strategy. I'm in. Here's the problem. Like the, the other trait that that community has, the analytics community, is that, again, not that wins could be a part of the conversation, one of many things that we consider it's that wins actually should be zero percent of the conversation they should not matter at all in evaluating anything they shouldn't matter we have these other numbers they're better who cares who won the game who cares doesn't matter because i know josh allen's better really Great. really you know what i did i bet the eagles yeah. and i won and i won money right. when when josh allen lost and, and jalen hurts won because you know I just, like that's what happens <laughs> i just uh i think we see this in sports all the time though where I, I, and again, maybe this makes me sound old, but like, I, I do like the balance between the two things, like traditional evaluation of team quarterback coach and analytics. I like combining them and I think wins matter and I think they're important. And I do think, especially keep in mind, the NFL is a league where like 90% of the games are one score games. So in most situations on a Sunday, 
you're going to have teams in like a one possession game tie game decisions are going to be highly scrutinized the risk reward of certain situations is magnified because the score is really tight uh it would pay to have a quarterback who's really good at decision making in those situations and like there are quarterbacks who consistently win and there are quarterbacks who consistently lose and there are coaches who consistently win and consistently lose and sometimes it gets muddied and coaches are mediocre and coaches like the record isn't as good but you think they're good i totally understand that but like look at the quarterbacks i wish i had the list in front of me Look at the quarterbacks who won like 10 plus games last year. I mean, you would literally see the list and it's like 10 guys and nine of them are the best nine quarterbacks in the league. Be like, yeah, I guess, I guess that stat doesn't matter. It's entirely irrelevant. That must, sure, can't be a balance. Can't be balancing them at all. It's like, and it's just like, oh, like wins with a Z at the end. Like all they say, yeah, you're right. You're, yep, you've got it totally right. And everyone on earth basically has it totally wrong. And people be like, well, you're arguing the same thing that you're right and they're wrong. No, I'm arguing for balance. I want to take the best of what they're doing and the best of the old stuff. And I want to use both of them. And apparently that's not even enough. That's not even enough for the analytics community. And it's got to be total disregard of wins. The winner of the game does not matter in evaluating anything. What a terrible, miserable way to go through life. Also, I'll just add that on Monday Night Football tonight, we have Kevin O'Connell basically to win the game against Matt Eberflus with the right, number being DTA, Vikings minus Probably three. through the roof, right? Never mind right. the fact he literally never, and I'm going to win money on a handicap that he doesn't win. I'm yeah, winning I, money on that. Like nice everyone, chart, pe- though. People right. are concerned yeah. with EPA. I'm concerned with SKOL. Skull, baby. Vikings lay in three tonight against Chicago. <laughs> I don't even like, like the Vikings in the game. I don't even know why uh, I just did that. It just, oh, I think, I don't I'm, even think the I'm definitely betting Minnesota. Minnesota, I get Chicago. I get O'Connell. They have Eberflus. I, I mean, right. I, and I, I, I'll live with it. And yeah, and, and just to, to, to win, basically. Give me the Minnesota right. Vikings. Anyway, we'll do that in the power hour. Let's, let's at least start here with the Colts and the Titans. So Indy is a two and a half point road favorite at Will. You'll love it at Levis in Tennessee. The total is 42 and a half. Uh, we had a hashtag off-air conversation about this. I think both of us kind of like like the over a little bit in this game. Shane Steichen overs. Um, point spread-wise, maybe it's like Tennessee teaser. I don't know. I feel like Indy probably should be favored in the game. I would never lay Indy. Uh, thoughts here, Ken? Pen, pencil, blood, or blank? Colts or Titans? Well, I mean, you you alluded to the fact that we both like the total, but like, no, really. Like, like we both really like the total. <laughs> like, this is, this is a re... I mean, just to really emphasize this, like, cool, we could have a point spread conversation, too. Like, just... Just to emphasize that, uh, I to- totals actually did pretty well at Sa- Saints under. Sunday night football under for a couple bucks. That was pretty good. We had people come on and give out the bill. Everybody loved the bills over. That hit. People came on the show like that. I-, I was a little worried about that in the third quarter. Never mind. I guess we're just going to fly over the total. Uh, this is a rematch of a game that like almost turned me into the Joker. Uh, the first meeting between the teams, which landed 39 39 when every game Shane Steichen coaches lands basically like 67 and somehow and I'm bringing up the stats from this game because they're actually really funny uh Colts in that game so this is a rematch game uh, obviously like different different location quarterback changes all this stuff in that game so again just like how do these teams fit together with these two coaches Shane Steichen who's like kind of an overcoach who, who was quarterback in this game for Indy was this Richardson or Minshew Tannehill definitely uh, this, played for Tennessee. This was a ta- this was a Tannehill Titans game, and this was Richardson got hurt in like the first half of this game. Um, oh, this is when Richardson. Yeah, okay, got it. Yeah, right. Uh, Colts seven yards per play in the entire game. For people who don't know, that's a really really high. But what was their EPA? That was a really really high number. Oh yeah, EPA. Uh, by the way, I I actually won the over in this game. 
wait, it landed 39. No, 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 EPA. There was, this was supposed to be a way higher scoring. I won. Pay me. I actually got money. Yeah, the, yeah, my bookies paid me on this game. No, they didn't. That's not how life works. Uh, so Titans in this game, six yards per play. I mean, just staggering amounts of chunk plays and yardage. And the combined red zone efficiency of the two teams, two for nine. <laughs> two, two for nine. And the game goes under. It lands 39. Uh, could see the same thing happening. Think Steichen's a really smart coach. We can talk more about him in the next segment. Also, love the over. Yeah, and, and the on-field handicap, I think, really lends to the over in this game. Uh, 42 and a half. We'll talk about that coming up next. And then we'll get to, man, anyone want to bet the Patriots on Sunday at a big home underdog price against the Chargers? We'll talk about it coming up next.